Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Card Overflow. I'm your host, Gen Furukawa. And today we have Eric Melkor, who is the personalization ambassador at Optimug. Also calling in from Eric. Hey, Buc Bucharest, Romania. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad we could connect. Thanks for being here. Hey, my pleasure again. Happy All to right. be here. Yeah, so, so we were just chatting beforehand. We it seems that we're very much in the same space in terms of focusing on servicing Shopify brands, e-commerce brands, helping them improve their list, their ability to personalize, and ultimately their ability to improve conversion rate and revenue. So can you just share a little bit about your background? I'd love to learn about your personal background and then what you're currently doing in a professional space. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my background is basically in the partnership and customer experience space. I've done a lot of work for online retailers, and then also personalization platforms, including Bonjuro and uh, Optimunk. And so, and then also I've done a lot of consultation for, for startups as well. And so I worked with companies either in a marketing capacity or CX capacity or partnership uh, consultation role. And uh, also on the side, one of my hobbies is uh, hosting a podcast where I interview startups here from Europe, fast growing startups, and just hearing about the founders, about their ups and downs of, of growing their business. <laughs> Fantastic. And what you're doing with Optimunk is basically focusing on like the, the customer journey, right? From, from the very first touch, let's say their first visit all the way through to, I suppose, like post-purchase. But the main goal is to, to increase their lifetime value with personalization. Is that right? That's right. That's right. And I've, I've got a, a good story, kind of like a segue into how we do this. You know, yeah. how do we, how do we give, give brands the, the power and the tools to personalize that experience for their shoppers. So something that happened recently, this past weekend, actually, my son, he's five years old. He loves climbing trees and he's got this tree in this park that we go to. And it's one of those trees with all these different vines. And he pretends he's Tarzan and he gets on a, on a vine and he, you know, he, he climbs on it and swings like 15 feet across. He loves it. Well, our, our toilet, we had an issue with our toilet. So I had to go to Home Depot. And so I said, James, we're going to go to the store and you know, that desk that daddy has in his office, well, that desk is made from wood and wood is made from the trees, like the tree that you climb. And we're going to go to this place and they have all kinds of wood, different colors. You know, they even smell different. There's different shapes and sizes. You want to go? And he's like, yeah, I want to go. He's all <laughs> excited. He's all excited. And so we get in the car, you know, he's. He's excited from this anticipation from going to this place that has all these different kinds of woods, right? In his mind, he's probably thinking, oh, there's going to be all these vines that I can, you know, swing across. Yeah. So, yeah, so we get inside. And it's this huge place. We're walking down these big aisles. You know, you, you go in Home Depot and these aisles are humongous and, you know, you got to find. But there's that one section where they have all these different pieces of wood. And I took him over there and I was like, look, James, look. And he's over there and I'm like, go ahead and touch it. And he's touching the pieces of wood. And because I told him that some even have different smells, he's smelling it like, like he would be smelling a rose, right? Oh yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And so he just had like the best time. And then I told him, you know, there's different plants over there too, that we can go smell and go touch and see, and you want to see it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. So I essentially, you know, I took this experience, this trip to Home Depot, and I turned it into like a trip to Disneyland for him right? I took like an extra 10 minutes from that trip, instead of just going in there and saying, hey, we got to get this part for this toilet. 
you know, let's run in there and run out. I thought, hey, it's the weekend. I'm with my son. How can I make this a really good experience for him? And now it has become a memorable experience going to this place where there's all these different kinds of wood. And, you know, he's, it's just, it was just really special for him, also special for me. And, you know, how does this relate to, to e-commerce or even online retailers or just your, you know, a brand's online website is that most brands, they feel like if we're going to elevate the experience for our shoppers, they rarely think about the website. You know, they think about, oh, let's, let's do a big promotion or let's run a discount or a campaign where we give X percentage off for, you know, this products here, or let's do a big email campaign and uh, promote this uh, category of, you know, new products that we have, or let's spend more money on Facebook and Google. Right. But the thing is, if you just take a little bit of time, a little bit of time, there's the tools that are available right now that can basically give your store, your website, like Amazon, like superpowers and convert your, your, your shoppers experience into from a generic one to a personalized one. So yeah, it turned Home Depot into Disneyland. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm more of the in and out type of guy at Home Depot, but maybe I'll try that. <laughs> I might regret it yeah. though, because then I end up spending more time at Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, try it. So, you know, how, how can you do that if you have an online, you know, business, right? Well, you know, let's just, let's just start. Essentially what personalization is, is, is giving a different experience to a certain segment of your visitors or your shoppers or your customers, right? And so they, their experience is a little bit different. And how do you identify or, or think about, you know, what can I do to give a, a personalized experience to which shoppers, right? Where do I start? You know, how do I do this? So let's, let's pretend, pretend for example, you're in the health and wellness space and you sell like, I don't know, three core products. One product is around how to build muscle. The second product is how to lose weight. And maybe the third product is how to sleep better, right? And let's say a visitor comes to your website organically. You don't know how they got there. They just showed up organically, right? And they're browsing your site. And instead of just like popping up a pop-up that says, Hey, join our email list. We'll give you 10% off if you sign up or whatever. Show a message that just says, Hey, welcome. Can you help us by answering this question? And we'll give you a 10% discount. And the question is, you know, what problem are you trying to solve? A, build muscle, B, lose weight, C, sleep better, right? And a lot of our clients that use this method, that use this tactic, right? They get, they see on average a minimum 25% click through from people who answer that because you've incentivized the click and you're not trying to push anything on them, you know, right away. You're trying to learn from them. And so let's say, for example, you chose, I don't know, B, lose weight. Well, then the second pop-up, you give them that coupon, you give them, hey, thank you so much. Here's your discount code. By the way, would you like content around how to, how to lose weight and sign up for our email list, right? Well, what we're seeing is because of that first micro engagement, that second engagement, more people are more likely to, to agree to it and say yes. 
Well, we're seeing around 30% of people just voluntarily offer their email address because they know they're not going to get any sort of generic messaging. They know that the content that they're going to receive is around their specific problem, which is in this example, I want to lose weight, right? So now you've taken what most brands see is maybe about a three or 4% conversion rate when it comes to building their email list. By doing this tactic right here, you'll easily double more than double, usually triple your conversion rate when it comes mm. to getting to getting emails. But that it doesn't finish there because now you can personalize that experience in real time and not have to wait until they make a purchase and you start emailing them. What you can do then is that now that you know they're there, they're there to lose weight, you can say, well, great. The third screen can say, here's our you know most popular products around losing weight. Right. So you build their email list. You build your email list by increasing conversions to do that. Now you're going to get more conversions because you've taken out the guesswork. They don't have to like scroll around or search around to try to find the solution, what they're there for, because you're presenting your best products about the problem that they currently have. And then the, the third thing is, is that now when you start nurturing them through email, you can immediately, you can start doing that, right? Mm -hmm. You can already put them in a funnel around, hey, lose weight and just share with them content there. So now your, your email experience, your post-purchase or whatever you want to call it, that's going to be improved because you can you know better personalize from real time all the way through email. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's funny that we are, I mean, that's exactly kind of like the main benefit that we're working towards with Prehook. And it's not like you ideally want to know, I think that's the most important question is like, what are your main goals or what are your main challenges or like what does success look like for you so that you understand where their point a is where their point b is and then your job as an e-commerce marketer is to connect the dots build that aspirational future self and and then you're like slowly feeding them the but a couple of questions with what you were talking about tactically or or from a customer experience perspective what does that look like is this like similar to say clavio's multi-step opt-in form like one question and then you'll get your discount and then you just have the question and then an email so we can send you the discount? So I'm not too familiar with Clavio's multi-step form, but it sounds like it's very similar. And what we advise is that before you present a pop-up, let some certain behavior occur. For example, let them visit maybe two or three pages on your website first, or a certain amount of time spent first on your website, or even they scroll down a certain percentage. And then we suggest that you present that, uh, that step, that pop-up mm -hmm. step. Yeah. Okay. Then I'd love to talk about numbers. You're saying like 4%. Is that kind of like a benchmark of what you're seeing with opt-in rates for an email? Well, not, not for opt-in, Mike. I'm just saying for a generic pop-up oh, okay. asking for an email address. And so a lot of brands out there, they'll say, you know, here's a 10% offer, give us your email address. And that on, you know, that on average will get you about a three or 4% conversion rate with this, with this strategy by asking the person, you know, what problem do you have? And then showing another step where you're asking, okay, would you like to receive content around that problem? We're seeing on average, at least a 10% or higher conversion rate for people submitting their email address. So that's more than double what you can get from just showing a standard pop-up. Yeah. And easy, easy to quantify that upside when you're able to say Clavio or Omnisend or whatever, uh, Put a number to your revenue per email send so you're essentially doubling that you're doubling your opt-in rate i was curious also in the customer experience 
once they answer that question, say I, I'm looking to build muscle, they add their email, does that automatically redirect to a collections page specific to products that help you build muscle? Or is it more like then it's reliant on the email flows after that? You can decide. So you can decide oh. if you want to have like another pop-up or another screen appear that can showcase your best products around their, their answer. Mm -hmm. Or you can just close out that pop-up right there and not have it redirect anywhere. Okay. But you can have as many, we don't recommend, but you can have, you know, a few different screens or pop-up appear based on, based on the, the selections that they chose for whatever question you presented. Sure. Now, every, every website, I mean, it, it's become like common doctrine. Everybody's got to collect an email. Email is your, your greatest asset, evergreen asset, and you want to continue building your list. But... The flip side is customers now have ad fatigue or pop-up fatigue. And it's like, yeah, close. Like for me, uh, often I will just close immediately. But you at Optimunk have worked on a large template library of like pop-ups that are almost like plug and play. But I'm curious about the framework of hooks and how you grab attention, how you actually create and put something of value in front of a visitor in order to say, hey, I do want that. So I'll share my information in order to get that. And side yeah. note, one interesting statistic is I think it's like 90% of customers are willing to share information, personal information with a brand with the expectation that it will be a personalized experience in exchange. So I, I often work with the merchants that, that use prehook and say, hey, like you don't necessarily need to be afraid of the, the questions that you're asking. It's more like what value can a customer expect in return? And if you're able to position that well, then you don't need to be afraid of asking additional questions because ultimately it's an exchange of value. But sorry, to, to get to the other question, what what are those hooks that really work where you can easily get to that 10% opt-in rate? Yeah, I like to start with the source because if you know the source of where the person is coming from, you know, in the health and wellness example, that's an organic visitor. You don't know where they're coming from. So that's where you're trying to find out more information about them. But with OptiMonk, you can find out, for example, the location. So, you know, let's start with, let's start with what problems could you be experiencing with, with your shopper's journey right now? So we, we recommend, you know, find out where you're having low conversion rates by source. And maybe that source can either be by location, by, by country or by channel. And so if you go into GA and you discover that, Hey, my, my conversions for Instagram the conversion rate is significantly lower than, than Facebook. Well, that's where we would recommend, let's try to find out why. And so for visitors that are coming from Instagram, you know, we can include a little side message to appear on the page that says, Hey, welcome from Instagram. We, you know, we love Instagram too. Can you please tell us, you know, what it is you're looking for? You know, you could try to find out information from them. And so once you get some some, some feedback and some intelligence from them. Now, now, you know, okay, what do I need to do now to fix that experience? Right. Rather than trying to just offer them maybe another coupon or discount code, really try to discover why that bounce rate or conversion rate is so low from that specific segment of users. Another example is location. Maybe you have an online store and you primarily sell in the U S but now you're starting to get traction from Germany for example, but you notice that the conversion rate for shoppers from Germany is low. And so when you recognize the visitors coming to your website from Germany, you can have a little side message that just says, Hey, you know, welcome from Germany or welcome, you know, German, whatever, a shopper or whatever, you know, we're happy you're here, by the way, we shipped to Germany, you know, just kind of mm -hmm. give them reassurance 
and let them know that, yeah, you do do business and you do ship to Germany and see if that changes the, the rates that you're seeing. So we, we recommend, yeah, there's a lot of pop-ups. There's a lot of things that you can do to build your email list, to reduce card abandonment, such things like exit intent trigger pop-up. So when somebody's about to exit the browser, you can show a pop-up then, things like that. But we really recommend is that you try to figure out what, what two or three segments are having a poor experience now. And let's figure out how, you know, we can fix those experiences and send a personalized message specifically to those segments. Got it. Okay. Interesting. It's always the the eternal question of like work on your strengths or work on your weaknesses. And it sounds like you you opt for work on your your weaknesses and improve those. Well, there's both. I mean, there's the weaknesses aspect, but then there's also the other aspect of like, hey, I can increase my email list to organic visitors if I follow, you know, do the health and wellness example. You know, let's let's do a fun survey here or question where we can incentivize the click through, get some information about them, build up our email list, try to increase conversions. And then now we have a, a nice, you know, flow, a user flow through email or a nice funnel because we know this information about this person. So yeah. you can do both things. You can, <laughs> yeah, of course. You can go offense and defense. That that is life, right? Account. Now let's talk about personalization, kind of like on-site personalization. Because to be frank, I I use it and I'm guilty of it. Like, but personalization can have this buzzwordy element, right? Like I I I focus a lot on like email personalization or or SMS personalization. And a lot of it just comes down to segmentation, but I'm not so sure about how it works in the like real-time onsite experience. And so you've given a few examples of like, if you're able to identify what channel they came from, whether it's social media or, or what us uh, or what geography, but can you dig into some of the best practices kind of like at a high level, not even like product specific on how a brand can personalize the experience with the ultimate goal of improving conversion rate or, or getting generating more revenue. Yeah, absolutely. So the experiences I share with you mostly dealt with overlay, right? Overlay personal experience, whether it's a side message or a pop-up. Now let's talk about native content, native content, the actual copy in the text that a person sees, it's not a pop-up, it's not a side message. And so what we're rolling out are basically the tools that allow you to create content for specific segments that is native. And it's personalized. So here's a, here's a high level example. We have a client called Blendjet. They make this awesome blender. It can do a lot. Have you heard of this Blendjet? Uh, are they the one that blended up an iPhone? No, no. I know which one oh. you're talking about. That one is extremely powerful. Became popular through these YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Blendjet has taken off. It's a portable blender. You know, that's what they're, what they're kind of known for. Sure. But but it's also rechargeable through a USB, and uh, it's pretty powerful too right? And so they have all these different value propositions and people like the, the blender, not specifically because of its portability, but they also like it. They can charge it with USB. There's a different segment that loves that part about the USB. There's another segment that, Hey, this is actually a powerful blender. And so you have these different value propositions. So what they started to do using Optimonk is that they're running these different Facebook campaigns and these Facebook campaigns have different parameters. Well, they're basically able to take those parameters, plug them into Optimunk, and then based on whatever the ad says for that specific campaign, whether it's you know promoting the blender based on because it's rechargeable through a USB, when you get to the landing page after from clicking on that ad, 
the main message, the main headline headline is going to be about the rechargeable aspect of the blender, right? And so that's where personalization comes in from when we, we refer to native content. And, uh, you know, this is, this is something that I highly recommend for all brands. You know, if you're running different campaigns based on different, you know, parameters or demographics, take that same experience you're doing for the ad and bring it over to your landing page or website. And uh, Optima gives you the tools to do that. Wow. Okay. So, so just to clarify, it's the same URL. So the same landing page, that's just the, the main benefit is changing Correct. dynamically depending on what ad was sent over. Correct. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's huge because if you think about like what your ad costs are going to be cost per click, you often want in, in terms of like a customer experience to have the alignment of like the ad to match the landing page. The alternative is you just create a ton of landing pages with different copy <laughs> and then correlate those with the ad that's sending it. A lot of maintenance and, and a lot of manual work that I've done before and it's not yeah. fun. Um, I was going to say, we've been there before. I remember creating dozens of pages for, for campaigns in the past that I ran and uh, based on different ads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Of, so, so that's kind of like real-time uh, personalization. Basically, the the ad that they click is the clue to the brand. This is what you want to the, the yes. main benefit you want to put front center. Do you are you aware of what the impact was on Blendjet? Well, I can tell you from you know they gave us a really great testimony and review, and they said that once they started using Optimonk, I think. I, I, it's it's actually on one of our homepages, if not the homepage, another page. But I want to say it was at least a forty percent increase in in ROAS spend, uh, return on advertising spend, once they started doing that. Oh, nice! So wow. it was pretty significant. significant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, what about for direct or organic traffic, where you might not have an indication of of like what what the copy was from an ad, but like you know we're, we're talking organic traffic or or direct traffic. How can yeah. you personalize that? So that personalized is sort of like the first example. Like if you have a health and wellness store, start by asking a question, you know, what are you here for? Okay. What problem sure. are you trying to solve? Right. But there's something else that you can do. It's not necessarily personalization, but to just create a better experiences, you know, you do something like an excellent intent pop-up, you know, where that is not an aggressive way to try and get somebody's email address. Like most brands try to do, you don't really know anything about that person, but if they're leaving your website, then you can, you know, maybe throw a little coupon or promotion in there. And you, we usually see, you can usually experience a more than double conversion rate for building up your email list or getting a sale by doing that. And then another thing, again, not really personalization, but just another tip is that a lot of companies will use generic codes, coupon codes, mm. you know, maybe like VIP 10 or something like that. A little trick you can do is just basically put the present month in front of that, that code. So it could be November NOV VIP 10. And a person is going to look at that and realize, oh, you know, that's not a generic code. That's just a discount specifically for November. And that will usually increase about a 10% conversions of people taking advantage of that coupon code. Oh, nice. Okay. Now you, you have the inside view on personalization with what you're working on platform wise. Um, can you give me like kind of like the crawl, walk, run version of personalization? Like crawl is in like, what are the first steps that a merchant can do? Kind of like agnostic to platform, but what that might look like. And, and maybe you've already given that in terms of like email opt-in or landing page from a paid ad. But then also maybe even more exciting is like what the future of personalization might look like 
for a brand, say next year or, or in a few years, like what the cutting edge of personalization is? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's start with like the basics, like lead capture, right? Instead of presenting a welcome pop-up for each and every visitor that comes to your website, I recommend using exit intent trigger and a teaser pop-up. It's less aggressive and, and it's just usually doubles your conversion rates that you see from trying to get or trying to use a pop-up for every visitor that comes to your website. So that's my first recommendation is an exit intent pop-up. The second recommendation, which I kind of shared with earlier is go into your GA and look for segments that have a low conversion rate or low bounce rate. And you could start with location. So maybe you see that, oh, I've got a low conversion rate from Brazil or maybe from Australia, right? And so for those specific visitors, you could try to figure out, okay, I wonder why they're leaving. Should we make it very clear our shipping you know, instructions or charges for those markets? You know, Can I chat with customer service and ask them, hey, have you been getting inquiries from people in these countries? If so, what are they asking, right? Try to figure that out or present a little message to people coming from those locations and say, hey, welcome from Australia. Can you please tell us you know, what you're looking for or how we can help you and try to collect data that way? So that would be my second recommendation is looking for segments in NGA that have a low bounce rate or low conversion rate. The third recommendation is again, I just kind of shared this one is if you're already using, you know, different coupon codes, a little thing you can do, you don't even need personalization, but just put like the month, sure. you know, that present yeah. month in front of the code. And uh, that's going to just tell the person, Hey, this is not a generic standard, you know, code. If I want to take advantage of this, I obviously, you know, need to use this right now. And so that, that would be my third recommendation. And you don't really need, you know, tools like OptiMonk for that. That's something that you can do on your end. Yeah. Cool. And then what, what the, like the bleeding edge of innovation and personalization, like what, what are those brands? What does that look like? I'm a little scared again. I, I purposely do not have Amazon echo. Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little scared, you know, from that because the recommendations that these companies based on the data that they're collecting in many cases that you don't even know they're collecting. They're just able to, in a very subtle way, <laughs> recommend different products and services for you. But I, I do see that that retailers that have been losing a lot of their business to Amazon, to Etsy, that they need to really think about how do we, you know, provide our shoppers a, a better experience. And, you know, 10 years ago, the tools weren't there. Yeah. But now you have the tools that are available to do that. And you don't really need, you know, to create a hundred different experiences for a hundred different segments. You can just start small, focus on maybe two or three segments and, you know, start small, experiment, look at the results, continue optimizing, and then move on to a different segment. But we give you the tools to do that. And so I recommend that brands who are willing to just spend that little bit of extra effort. You know, I spent a little bit of time to make Home Depot you know, into a memorable experience for my son, I don't, you know, you don't necessarily as a parent have to take them to get ice cream or take them to the place where they can go jump or let them watch Ninjango for them to have a good time. You can use your imagination and <laughs> yeah. just take a little bit of extra time and to think here, how can I really make this experience better for my visitor, for my shop? For sure. Ninjago and ice cream. We are talking the same language. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Well, Eric, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing your experience and your insights. Where can we learn more and, and connect with you online? Yeah, well, first, OptiMonk.com. If you want to learn more about OptiMonk, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Eric Melkor at LinkedIn.com. Find me there. All right. 
Eric, thanks so much. All right. Cheers again. And that's the episode for today. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We love you for it. If you found anything valuable at all or want to share your feedback, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also just drop us a line, hello at cartoverflow.com. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions so we can cover it in a future episode. All right, see you next time.